This Metatainment production is brought to you today by the Samurai Aquatics and Decor Metaventure. Scan that QR code or click that link in the description and dive yourself headfirst into the Samurai Aquatics Discord server to pleasure your peepers on our current and future range of outdoor decor. Warning, this podcast is produced by Metaverse Ventures Entertainment. It contains unsolicited and heavily biased opinions which are solely for views of the individuals involved. It does not include investment advice of any kind and you are responsible for undertaking your own financial, including tax liability research relevant to your own individual circumstances. Thank you for listening to or watching the very first Upland, Upland Down Under podcast. That's a good start. Can't even say it. Tonight's show is recording live on Friday, the 18th of August at 7.30 p.m. AEST. On tonight's show, going to catch up on some crypto and upland market news, of course, and then dive into the first Tokyo release experience. I'll unpack how that went for me, check out some current Web3 sector-related news and a new segment to have a look at some of the in-real-life news. Uh, I've also got a quips about upland dividend yields, and I'll be outlining a new weekly contest challenge for the MBA server. All that and probably not much more on this, the inaugural Upland Down Under podcast. I will say that wrong numerous times before I get the hang of it. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, something seems a bit off here, you are correct. Just as we have always adapted and evolved at the EDU, tonight marks another significant event in that journey. If you didn't catch uh, my kind of meltdown or heads up in the NBA server or on Twitter recently, I'm going to go through that now um, just to clarify a few things as well. So bear with me on that. Now, let's see if Twitter's going to play nice. All right, your tweeter. There it is. So, yeah, I put this out in the NBA server and also on Twitter. Um, I will read it out just because, you know, there's some, some people only listen to things on Spotify. So I was just letting everyone know that there isn't going to be a UDU podcast recorded tomorrow, meaning that was posted on Tuesday. After over two years of putting several 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. alarms per week into our plan-related things, including the shows, I reached the point where I was just completely and utterly burnt out trying to force my schedule into what isn't, of course, an ideal time zone for a healthy life, family, work balance, etc. I said in there that I'd like to offer a massive thanks to everyone who has been part of these adventures since the very first UDU team meeting was recorded way back on the 8th of April 2021. Of course, to that is particular to all the co-hosts um, who we have. We got Joe, Rob, Dak, TB125, and of course Uplando, and um, you know, especially More Cheese. I don't More Cheese bore the brunt of my kind of flip out. Um, I probably can't apologise enough for that, um, but you know, it's. Uh, it just got to a head the other day. A few things happened, and you know, I just, I just can't keep doing this AM stuff anymore. So switch that all around. So yeah, as I said, that's not the end, though. Not even close. Cheese and I are still in the early stages of working through the details. However, what I can say is that there's the potential to create content moving forward that better suits both our major time zones. Um, and I've said there's something like a Northern Hemisphere show and a Southern Hemisphere show. I did have people reach out and say it's not a North South thing; it's an East West thing. Like, yeah, I realize, but the way I think of it is there's a there's already a very well-established community up there, meaning all of the PT crew, the North Americans and whatnot. Um, it's still very – the upland community down here, meaning, you know, Australia, New Zealand, that's kind of the big ones. But we also have people in Japan as well. It's still pretty small. It's pretty underground. So the, the biggest thing for me, though, is trying to get my 
life, family, work balance back into order. So what else did I ramble on about? There's another page for where the stuff there. So oh, so just pull, pulling back in general terms, just in Upland as well. Um, that's all part of the kind of new morning schedule. Like I used to get up, as I said, you do your podcast. I used to get up at 3 a.m. to get ready to record for that. Um, nowadays, I'm sleeping in until 5, 5.30 a.m. and going back to going for a one-hour walk before I have to go to work and this, that, and the other thing. So, of course, that means all of the stuff that I used to do upland related in the mornings, it gets pushed to my free time, evening time, you know, once work's finished, once the kids are off to bed, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So as part of all of that, more cheese has essentially taken over the sole leadership of the UDU MVE and MVA. Um, some people assume that she'd been promoted, as she pointed out. Um, this is a role she's always had. It's just me pulling back and kind of giving her the proper recognition that she has deserved for a long time. So, again, thank you very much, Morchise, for everything that you do, what you have done, and what you'll go on to do. Um, as I mentioned at the start, Morchise is working on a new show as well. Uh, I'm sure she'll share details of that when she can. So, yes, just to be crystal clear, as I said there, I'm not leaving the Upland platform and there will be no fire sales. Although I did, as I said, I did have a bit of a a bit of a hissy feet freak out. So that's that. So, yes, set your expectations incredibly low. We're starting from absolute zero here to build up a community that's more in tune with a convenient time for those Upland players who are in and around the AEST time zone. Um, we've already got two people in the Zoom. That was two more than I was expecting. So thank you for jumping in. Um, yeah, if, if you're in this kind of time zone area and you want to get involved, the link to the Zoom will always be dropped in the NBA server about 15 minutes before we go live. Um, this Friday night, this is probably... Well, most likely not the time that's going to be set in stone per week. We're just going to um, keep that keep that uh, in flux for the time being, just waiting to get the details on where more cheese wants to position her show and then I'll um, move this one around to suit. So, yes. If you have the stomach to get through the entire boring show that's about to start, make sure you at least crank that playback speed up to 2x, as I always say, because it will be clunky, it will be dry, but so what? It's Friday night and cheers. That's one of the benefits of doing the show in the <laughs> evening. I don't have to scramble like a freaking beast to get it all uploaded and thumbnails done and descriptions before I go to work. So can't be sneaking beers before work, even though it's a non-alcohol one. <laughs> yes. So just like the old MoFo AM UDU podcast format, though, we're going to kick off with the Breaking Badly news and take a look at what's currently happening in some of the crypto and upland markets. As I said, some of this will be familiar to long-term watchers. Some of it will be new. Some of it will be the worst bits of the various shows we've done. Some of it might be the best bits. I don't know. You be the judge. You can let me know. So let's see what we got here. So we had, yes, now... The crypto, my gosh, red, 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 red. And we actually, I can't really see that because of Zoom. There we go. So Bitcoin market cap down 11.3%, flirting with the 1 trillion mark. Um, if it goes under 1 trillion, I'm going to be starting up my dollar cost averaging again. That's kind of my, that's my bottom line almost. If it goes under a trillion, I buy. If it goes over a trillion, I sit. Um, not financial advice, of course. Bitcoin dominance is down 1% as part of that. Um, Bitcoin's all over the place. Bitcoin down 12.2% was 
almost 30,000 USD last week, um, now 26,553 and falling. Ethereum, 10% drop down to 1,692. Wax is smashed down 22% almost. Engine's down almost 20%. Ripple down a whopping 26%. Um, I've got some news on that coming up in a bit here. Uh, kind of major things happening there. Solana down 9%. EOS just getting flogged. Was 72 cents last week, down to 58. Whoa. Um, I've got Polygon down at 58 as well. So that's down 19%. Cardano down 12.5%. Tron is only down a touch, which is interesting. I've been a Tron fan since it first came online. Uh, Flow's down at 24.5%. Whoa. Avalanche is down 70%. Shiba Inu down 16%, which is interesting considering that they've got all that stuff with the metaverse going on as well. And Gala's also been smashed down 21%. So... A lot of blood, a lot of blood flowing. So I'll be, um, I'll be watching that global market cap like a hawk and just seeing what I'm going to do there. See if it sticks under there for a, a week or two or whether it's just going to bounce back. Have to wait and see. And Upland, the 90-day average volumes, yeah, they're still, as I keep saying, they just slip sliding away, down another 4.2% on the transaction volume, down another 2.3% on the trading volume. It would be interesting to see how the Tokyo release, all of the stuff that went on there, how that plays with the 90-day average in over the next couple of weeks. Unique active wallets, uh, last week 56,710, down 2.3% to 55,420 for the week. And total unminted properties. I've got this marked heavy red here because, of course, Tokyo has just released. Um, not all of the data is in Apex land just yet. So, um, you know, it says last week there was 319,262 down to 315,000. Yeah, I'm sure that those numbers are going to jump around everywhere next week until that all gets established in the data. And I'll patch in a new thing there. Percentage of properties minted uh, this week's 92%. That will change as, as I said, as more of the data comes through. But most of Tokyo is sold out now. I think um, I think I saw Banana post something like it's already 85% sold out or something like that. So that figure probably won't change much. So what was interesting through the week, though, was how the cities played around. Um, normally, this snapshot would have been taken on the Wednesday, my time morning, but recording this on Friday. So it has bounced back considerably. I know, what have we got here? San Francisco, only down 0.4% on the UPX, but I was buying San Francisco through the week to flip for USD down to 14,900, something like that. So there's still some bargains around there. And the USD is also dropping down 10%. Again, I'm pretty sure that's my one there at $7.25. Has been down as low as $6.99 as the USD app flippers battle on there myself included manhattan's had a pullback it's back up to what are we on there just under sixty thousand on the upx and 28 dollars. so that's kind of bounced back from everybody blitzing out to get some money for us for tokyo chicago is pretty flat not much happening in la although the usd price in la was three dollars fifty last week up to three dollars seventy eight this week However, I've been, myself and several other people have been selling LAs for $3. Somebody came through late last night and early this morning and just gobbled all of those up and taken the floor back to $3.78. So plenty of bargains there if you want to get involved as well. Bronx is interesting, up 10% on the UPX and down 9% on the USD. So it's all over the place. Rio's 
what have we got there? Down 9.2% on the UPX. Can't go any lower than $3, so that's flat. Santa Clara's down 20%. Wow, on the on the UPX. So I guess that's must have been people still scrambling to either prepare for Tokyo or recover from Tokyo, perhaps. The old FOMO dragon. I got bitten more on later too. Um, Brooklyn, not much happening in Brooklyn. Flat, flat. Detroit, not much happening there. Dallas, minus 31% on the UPX. And Rutherford, what's that? Up on the UPX and not much happening on the USD. And also London, oh, what's happened there? Me Tokyo data got all messed up. I'll fix it up later. So London down on both the UPX and the USD. Anything marked on the left there in red, Detroit and London, there's a lot of um, lock properties there that kind of screw all the data up. So yeah, I'll fix that Tokyo one up. The floor on Tokyo, when I checked it for the secondary sales before was 15,500. I tried to have a look around to see what the um, unminted floor was. Um, bit hard to see. I assume it's probably similar to that or it may have been a case that they've all been gobbled up. I don't know. I'll just be waiting for the data to come through on the data management sites and then see what happens from there. So that's what's happening in the markets. What's happening in actual Upland news? Now, of course, Tokyo was released. Um, I don't know, Zoe, did you want to outline what you were just saying? What happened to you for Tokyo? There's heading on the couch. Um, Free on the spot while I have a drink. <laughs> I tried to wait up until 2am for, you know, the release in our time and I remember seeing one twenty in the morning. Uh, I woke up the next day <laughs> and I wound up buying three on the secondary market for 45k, which wasn't too bad. And given that it's vanilla, um, you know, there's still a chance that that some of those areas could hit. So especially because um, Upland likes to throw a spanner in the works with collections from time to time. So, and Sines said earlier that it's always good to see Upland kind of outperforming crypto at times like this. Yeah, that's a good point. Like too. this week, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did the opposite. I got everything done as as early as I could, I think I was in bed like 8 p.m., something like that, and I set my alarm for 1.40, got up, got a few things done, got prepared. Um, of course, the release was at 2 a.m. our time, grabbed what I wanted to get, and then I think I was back in bed by 2.30, something like that, managed to get um, a few more hours sleep before the work alarm kicked me in the face. So, yes, now X1 did say uh, in in the Upland server that um he said update on tokyo release tokyo is officially in upland congrats to everyone who was able to pick up properties today so far over eighteen thousand properties have been minted in tokyo and at the peak players were minting over 43 properties per second yeah that's i mean if you compare that to any other nft project that out there that's monumental so x1 goes on to say nobody is doing what upland is doing on the blockchain absolutely and he went on to say, we would like to thank everyone in the community for all you do and for being pioneers with us in the space. Um, yeah, it was super smooth for me. Um, although there was a few quirks, which I got a few screenshots from from that I'll dive into later. But, um, I mean, 
I, I said to my wife before I went to bed, I, I just hope it's not a case where I get up at one forty and then, uh, you know, you wait till 2 and then, oh, whoops, sorry, it's going to be delayed an hour. That's happened plenty of times in the past, but couldn't have been smoother as as far as things went. And for myself personally, I got exactly what I wanted, so it couldn't have, couldn't have been any better. It was just probably the only thing I'd say is the sticker shock of the prices. So minting 43 properties per second, that sounds impressive, but... Old mate Icarus, he's put up the um, he's put up a GIF of what that actually looks like. So this is at Icarus U on Twitter, You're one of the masterminds behind Upex Land. Yeah, he's got a GIF here. Um, if you listen on the Spotify, you'll have to get over a link in the description to check it out. Um, this just looks amazing. Uh, I've said this a few times where it just looks like a, a virus spreading or something like that. So I press play. Uh, not no surprise that most of the actions started down in that kind of centrally Shibuya location. That's definitely where I started, and up to the top left area, I believe that was where a lot of the cheaper properties were. So yeah, it kind of kicks off from there, and then she just goes blue, 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 blue. So yeah, super cool, super cool to see that. And then she's pretty blue at the end there. There's not much about. That's a really nice visual. Yeah, it's really cool, isn't it? It really puts it in pers to perspective. Yeah. And it was live in the cafe. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, was it? Yeah, yeah. He had it live oh. in the cafe for them. Oh, that's mental. Yeah, and I last opening as well. Yeah, I tried to. I've done that previously where I've got involved in the cafe or we've run Zooms in the past um, when we've done city releases. But I find if I get involved in those things, it kind of amps you up too much and I just I just could never get back to sleep afterwards, which really wrecks you on a work night. So I just, in these city releases, I, I just get up, get what I need to get and try and get back to bed ASAP. So, yes, that was very cool. Thank you for that, Icarus. Awesome stuff. Now we're going to touch on a few other uplanding newsy things. So we do have neighborhood ratings still ticking over, of course. And let me see if that's going to load it. Oh, and that's another person that I'll reach out and say thank you to is Rodrigo, who's been on the old UDU podcast several times before. Um, thanks for all the stuff you do, mate, and especially for like these graphics and that that we all continue to use. So Player Del Rey was the first one, of course, Chelsea, Howard Beach, Century City, and now Hell's Kitchen. Looks like they've got this one well and truly in the bag. There's kind of a battle for second and third place, Holliswood and Monero, kind of swapping spots there backwards and forwards. Midtown Terrace is still just kind of slipsliding away from that earlier event we did. And then next up, we've got Red Hook. Um, there's a couple of standouts there. Quailwood, which is... Um, of course, Rodrigo's note is starting to kick up there as well. So pretty cool stuff. But, yeah, Hell's Kitchen looks to be well and truly in the bag. Have to wait and see. So that was that. Um, now, the other thing that popped up through the week was the Louisa Posey. I don't know. I probably butchered that name. Sorry. But that came up to – I actually I don't know what I was doing. I might have been doing some – kind of looking ahead at uh, the Tokyo release. I was poking around and it did come up that this was available to purchase. I believe it was 30,000 Apex. I looked at it, I hovered over the button and I was like, I don't really know who this is and what this is all about. It sounds cool, like the very first ever music video on Upland, um, but 
you know, right before a city release, I was just like, no, I can't do it. So, yes, I don't know. If you managed to pick one of those up, good on you. There was only 100 available. It seems like um, what you actually purchased was a pass, and I assume that you're going to be able to hand that in to get your spotlight at some stage. And then, of course, a few of those people were going to win actual concert tickets and backstage VIP access and all that kind of stuff. So that was pretty cool. So 30,000, no, I think that's, that's definitely reasonable. But um, if it had been 20, I probably would have bought it without hesitation. Um, 30,000, I was just like, oh, that might be a half-decent property in Tokyo. So I kind of balked, and then I think it just sold out lickety split after that so that was cool like i said if you got one of those congrats it'd be interesting to see what they go for on the secondary market if there is a way to buy sell trade those i don't know and then i believe this came through yesterday or this morning fifa world women's world cup um there's a new challenge unfortunately the matildas they got flogged the other night um when was that was that last night so what days no night before i don't remember all I remember is Maya was very pumped up and then she was very disappointed. So they did pretty well to get to the semifinals. So this is another World Cup leaderboard. And look at that. Abdullah's not crushing this one yet. Challenge registration. You must fill out the form below to register for the challenge. Oh, interesting. That's different. Hmm. I don't know. Lily I'm going to confirmed. Sorry, Lily just confirmed it was Wednesday. It was. All right. Thank you. Oh, look at that. Lily's in. So necessary. Cool. Was that all playing out in chat, is it? Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Zoe. Yes, and thank you. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm going to have to get my head around uh, Legit's a bit more because I have applied for a Legit showroom. So at one of these stages, I'm going to have to check it out. Look at that. Kiwi Chip Block Explorer. Oh, that looks kind of cool. Daily rewards, blah, 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 badge rewards. Right, so if you're all about the legits, I'm sure you'll have some fun with that one. Now, oh, what else have we got on the list? Oh, Tokyo Quest. Now, I did have the very best of intentions to sit down on the weekend and play around with these. I did get on over to Uplandia and I did the initial thing and I started playing around and then, you know, that was, that was in the midst of my kind of freak out fit, so... That kind of went by the wayside. Now, I do believe we've got a few a day. What have we got here? Players will have until Friday, August the 18th at 9 a.m. PT. So what is it? That's tomorrow? No, that's 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Yeah, in the morning. Yeah. So probably yeah. by the time this goes live, you've probably got about four hours. So I know there's a whole bunch of people scrambling at the end to get um, – Get their hands on these block explorers, the Uplandia ones. So good on you if you managed to do all that. Unfortunately, I missed out and I'm going to have to pick them up on the secondary. So I do have a block explorer shop. So if you do manage to get one and you're looking at I'll float it, hit me up and I'm sure we can work out a deal. I don't know, Zoe, did you dive in any of that? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> so I, I have been helping as many people as I can over the last few days on Uplando's sort of downtime mm. um, and I've taken it upon myself to a degree to answer questions and give explanations and yeah 
uh, just try and make sure that there's some sort of support there for people when Uplando and Noise aren't available. Mm. And um, I helped Lily with some some custom gear. I benefited as well. It wasn't like um, uneven or anything. And she managed to to finish her quest, which was um, excellent. So if there are any questions, I'm I'm definitely willing to help you there. Um, if you wanted to try get it in, <laughs> nice. That's awesome, and it kind of it kind of speaks to kind of what we're trying to set up here. You know, like like you've just said, like the the North American, if we want to call it that, North American community is very well established, but the kind of our kind of neck of the woods is is definitely not. Um, Lily and I, I don't know. If, oh yeah, you were you were engaged back then, off and on, Zoe. Um, we tried. I don't know when that was, probably a year and a half ago, something like that. We tried to get something kicked off with the Australian New Zealand Cafe Hour. It kind of chugged along for a while and just kind of fizzled out. It was just um, Lily and I basically having the same conversations over and over. Um, this may be the case here as well, but um, we'll stick with it. I do know there's a lot of people out there who've said, um, or who've commented on some of our uh, YouTube videos and that saying you know i'd love to be able to get involved live but it's it's too hard to get up at that early in the morning this sort of thing so yeah absolutely as you know all too well zoe having got up several times in the early ams to be involved so. yeah and and there was a certain level of guilt that i would feel if i happened to miss one as well mm. um <laughs> i knew i could watch the replay and i often did but yeah, there was always that guilt once I realised I'd I'd fallen asleep and I I slept through and I didn't wake up for alarms. So yeah, it was that that was kind of you know I'd been doing it for over two years and it it got to the point where it was when that three a.m. three a.m. alarm would go off, it was you went oh, I wasn't jumping out of bed with a spring in my step, put it that way. Probably didn't yeah. help that it's winter and it's you know, it's not exactly come to come. Not fun to come out to this little laundry room and freeze your ass off. So, have to wait and see. But we'll keep, we'll keep chugging away at this, and we'll see how we go. Um, we'll get the word out there eventually. And like I said, if if you are in this neck of the woods and you want to get involved, links always there. If you want to get more involved, as you know, as far as co-hosts and that sort of stuff, um, that's definitely available. Um, yeah, believe it or not, I don't actually like gas bagging as much as I do. Um, Proof of that, you can go all the way back to UDU team meeting number two, where I palmed all of the host duties off to um, DJ Shorts as soon as I could. I took over UDU team meeting one, and, and then I said, like, do you want to do it? Because I don't. So, yeah, if you do want to get involved, hit us up. Now, that brings us on, of course, to Tokyo and what I called the Shibuya release, because I, as I said, I did really well. So just to recap, Tokyo released... Um, Yesterday at 9 a.m. PT, which was 2 a.m. our time, uh, what did they say? I think they said oh, just under 20,000 properties in 30 neighbourhoods. Um, not many FSAs. Yeah, I didn't see many FSAs, and except when I went up to that top left area, I saw a bunch up there in the kind of cheaper areas. Um, blah, 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 blah. It was all pretty cool. Tokyo landmarks. Actually, one of the properties that I had my on my list to purchase, I've figured it was probably going to be a landmark and it seems to be the case so i didn't get hold of that one that's all right now let me jump out of there and i've got a few images to share if i can get the right one 
this one so yes um the blockchain sleuths as they do um again I, I don't know why they don't release the the property information ahead of time that used to be half of the fun of city releases was getting all the details and working out where you were going to go with your community and this that and the other thing but you know we did get the information slightly ahead of time so when i woke up 140 i went straight to upland general and found this card thank you to whoever put this together I'm not sure specifically who to give credit to. Um, this was extremely helpful. Um, it's always fun just to see, you know, where's the most uh, expensive place, which I believe was Dogen Zaka, 6,000 UPEX per up squared. Holy moly. That's that's the likes of which we haven't seen yet, I think. Um, Jinan, 5,000. And then, of course, there were some cheapish ones. I had my targets well and truly set on Shibuya. So when I saw that at just under 3000 I was like, yeah, right. They, they weren't mucking around here. This is going to be hella expensive. So I actually, when I first got there, because we know Upland Bureau had, had some properties already minted that you can travel to. So when I first woke up, one of those properties was in the neighborhood below Shibuya, I think. And my target was Shibuya. So I had done a couple of practice runs earlier where I'd sent to there on a new which direction to send my block explorer in. If I had 20 minutes, I knew if I hit in this direction, I'll be in a good spot for when the light goes green. But um, let's see if I can flick this over. When I went to do that at, what's the timestamp on that? 1.44, I think it was. Let me see. Yeah, 1.44 a.m. Um, I couldn't send. I just kept getting errors. I'm like, oh, well, there goes that plan. So that was the end of that. So with that out of the way, then I just had to, I minted one property right where my, uh, block explorer was it was just a small cheapy one i just sort of grabbed one just for the sake of getting one just in case it went crazy and then i just had my eyeballs all over shibuya now i was pretty lucky to get this nice big massive one right on the shibuya tag um nice. yeah the main the main targets i had was this big property on the left you can't really see but i suspected that that was going to be a, a landmark that's i believe that might be the the Shibuya train station or something like that. Um, there was this other big one here, this big rectangle one. That looked nice too, but I believe that was, I don't know if it was, it might have been more upsquared than my one that I eventually got. So it was that one there, this other one in the middle, that was a kind of fallback one. It was a bit too small for what I wanted to do. And then there was this one. Um, when I looked at it, I looked at the price. I think I think it's 2.9 mil, something like that. I was like, that, that was more than the entire budget that I was hoping to spend, but for what I wanted to set up to do with a um, Samurai Aquatics and Decor showroom in Tokyo, it's perfect for that. So I am building a medium factory on there at the moment. So I was pretty happy with that one. After that, I, I got that one, absolutely annihilated my budget. So I was very careful after that. I got a few properties down and to the right that um, are kind of almost holding areas for Decor. Because, you know, we're going to have to pay to move this decor at some stage. So, And then I got a few bits and pieces here, there, and up in the cheaper area. Yes. Now, Zoe, you said you got yours in Jingu Mai? No, that's where I originally was floating when yep. I logged in. Um, I've got outskirts, um, two up top of the area that was released and one towards the middle-ish. Yep. Ish. <laughs> yeah. But they were all cheapies and 
Um, I just got the three so I could do my standard collection and I'm usually pretty happy with that because as much as I should chase dividends, I don't. I buy what I like and I hold it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we got a quips coming up a bit later where I'll talk about that too. But that's that one of my reasons for actually pulling the pin on this property too was the dividends, which I believe is thirty five thousand upex a month just for that one property yeah. alone, and that's that's before any collection boosts or anything like that. So, yeah. Oh, I'm, lovely. Yeah, I'm trying to slowly grind back over two million. Two million a month, yeah, thirty-four thousand five hundred fourteen. So, hopefully, fingers crossed, it'd be nice if Shibuya ended up a an exclusive collection or something. But then I'm going to have to go and buy buy some extra ones on the secondary market, which won't be cheap because the other two that I got just down to the left, they're just over the property line. So, never mind. So, what I thought was interesting was I got that property there, right? And if you look at the the street view, it's just nothing. It just looks like just absolutely nothing. So. What is it actually there? Because that looks like a crazy huge property. So I went to the actual real world map and this is real world map here. So basically it's all of this block. It encompasses all of this block here, which is, you know, one, two, three, four, five, at least six different buildings on that one block. So I guess I can officially say that I own a block in Tokyo. That's kind of pretty cool. Even though it's only one property, why not? I'll take it. So it's interesting to see these ones too, all that bank of properties there. They went super fast. Um, yeah, that's all those ones there, a whole bunch of properties. And, yeah, that does look very much train station-y, that one that was over there. So, yeah, pretty cool. So I was very happy with that. And like I said, that's probably why I was able to go to bed so easily afterwards. I got what I wanted and I got the hell out of there. So I think there was one other thing. Oh, and that, that was just an interesting thing as well. When I went to put my showroom up, on there this morning, we got this new MetaVenture notice. So it says, please note that building this type of structure does not guarantee you will have a MetaVenture on this property. All players must apply through the proper location and go through Uplands review process. So I think that's a good addition because some people just assumed if you put a factory up, then you can build stuff. Or if you put a showroom up, you can sell stuff. But that ain't exactly the case. <laughs> As we know all too well. Now, I don't know... I think that's all I had to do for Tokyo. Um, Lily said that she got. Uh, I'm going to butcher that first name. Moto Yoyo Gicho. Nishihara and Hatsudai. Nice. Dai. That one's so fun to say. <laughs> Hatsudai. <laughs> Who is Hatsu? Why does he have to die? Yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, no, good on you. I mean, if you managed to get anything there, I think you did pretty well. Um, I don't know. I had a bit of a look in Upland General, and there didn't seem to be too much raging, so I assume everybody had at least a smoother experience as me. I, I had, Of course, I had the, you know, you click on a property, oh, that one has been blocked. Bad luck for you. Um, I didn't have, which what I was expecting, because I had been doing like uh, some USD sales before I went to bed and I was getting those slow-mo checks. You know, you got to click the thing and it slowly fades away. I was getting those relentlessly. So I was thinking, oh, don't tell me I'm going to get these for the city release, but I didn't. It was just a the quick flips. So that was nice. So, yes. Did the FOMO dragon bite you? Did you get a nibble? Did you get absolutely annihilated? Did you clean out your UPEX balance? Did you have to pull out the credit card? 
let us know in the description how you went. Um, as I said, I went in with 4.2 mil. I was only hoping to spend about 2.5 of that to get what I wanted, but went way over. I think I I walked away with 980,000 still, and that's now back over a mil. But So, yeah, I definitely went way over budget, but it was kind of for a good cause. Um, I wasn't just willy-nilly going ballistic. So hopefully if you did get bit by the FOMO dragon, it wasn't too bad because we do know there's more stuff on the way, stock cars um, with Shibuya selling out pretty much so fast. I would not be surprised to see that expanded or a different area within Tokyo, whether it be a different city. They're calling them cities, different city associated with it to be released as well. I'll have to wait and see. Uh, one thing's for sure, there's always something else to spend your hard-earned or hard-grounded away Apex on. All right, so that's it for that. Um, going to kind of touch on some wider Web3 sector news and events as well. There's a few interesting things in the news this week. I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, Ripple. Now, Ripple was involved in an SE lawsuit. They did want, they did win that, and we're expecting that um, there was going to be some appeals and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, that appears to be eventuating. Uh, the Ripple price has plunged 20% to pre-court ruling levels, more corrections likely question mark. So the subheading here is the XRP price has tanked under 50 cents and has a subsequent support zones at 48 cents and 45 cents on the downside. So yes, ripple price has been on free fall um, with price corrections as, as we saw many of the other um, coins have as well. Now I'm personally, I'm just waiting to see if that's the start of something, something more, um, once these things get kicked off, they tend to be a you know a floodgates open with the red candles. So we'll have to see. So with this, the cryptocurrency Ripple has lost all the gains after the XRP lawsuit lawsuit ruling last month. I believe it got up to 70 cents, something like that. Is that what it said there? No, I didn't mention it. But yeah, I believe I saw it up to around 70 cents. So that's quite a drop. Um, furthermore, the SEC is filing for an interlocutory motion against the court ruling has further created a negative sentiment around Ripple. Yeah, as we expected, there's going to be, yes, they won the original lawsuit, but that was never going to be the end of the story. So if you are a Ripple bag holder, such as myself, you might want to keep an eye on that one. Um, what else? Not much else there. Blah, blah, blah. Technical analysis. Touch that at your own discretion. Doing your own research, of course. Now, this next one, this is quite concerning, this next one, I think. Um, it doesn't bode well for the entire NFT space. A key feature of NFTs has completely broken, is the headline. So this is TheVerge.com. And it's got here, Web3 was supposed to make sure the original artists always got paid. Not so much anymore. Um, this is something we kicked up a stink about in Upland for a while. Uh, royalties and this, that, and the other thing, percentage royalties. We did get a... Um, an announcement come through that yes, royalties are going to be a thing, but then since it's been no information whatsoever, so it's maybe it's one of those eventually things. Um, that's to be expected in Upland. I can't imagine the clickety clacking and beat bopping that have been needed to set that up with Upland as it's already established. But this is talking about um, systems where that was already established and then now they're stripping it back. So you know this is OpenSea, and it goes on to say OpenSea, the biggest NFT marketplace. Still fully is still fully enforcing royalty fees, said today that it stops planning to do so 
on resale fees for artists starting on March 2024. Those fees will essentially be tips, meaning they're going to be, um, you know, you can choose to do it or not, which, wow, if the seller doesn't want to hand over any money, that'll be their choice. Well, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science to work out how that's all going to play out. So that's, as I said, that doesn't bode well. goes on to say the NFT ecosystem has been on a race to the bottom when it comes to fees. As the market for NFTs collapsed, marketplaces have lowered their own trading fees and stopped enforcing royalty fees in order to attract sellers. Blur, which has overtaken OpenSea as the biggest NFT marketplace by trading volume, only enforces a 0.5% fee on most collections whereas creators typically set their fees at 5 to 10%. So, yes, switching that to a, um, a, you know, a do you want to kind of thing, that doesn't seem very good. And, of course, once a big platform like this goes ahead and does something like that, I mean, probably all the others will follow suit. Um, so I don't know if that's something you want to speak to. You're, you're an NFT creator. You are on OpenSea. Is that something that concerns you, you're worried about? Um. Personally, I'm not because I've let my listings lapse. You can only list for, I think it's 28 days uh, at a time on OpenSea. Mm. So after a few months, I wound up letting that lapse. But you can still make offers. So Mm. I'm curious to see how many artists and NFT creators wind up switching to an offer system so mm. you offer what you think it's worth and then, you know, you might go back and forth much like we do with Upland Properties before communications came in. Interesting. Yeah. So you're talking about uh, first sales. So when that first sale, like you you as the artist selling to the first buyer. That's interesting. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, well, I'm curious to see how it, interacts like with the the original Mm. sellers or creators um i think it's going to cause a lot of people to really consider whether they want to on sell art that they've bought um and i think it's going to have creators a little more picky about who they want to buy their art and probably what they probably what they want to price them at too yeah, is it somebody who is going to, you know, untip them in future as well hmm. um, for future sales? So it's interesting. I mean, I definitely will not be going down that path when it comes to my Moxie Galleries and once hmm. that's off the ground. So <laughs> I plan on adding, you know, a 45% um like royalty fee that will come out of the actual purchase price for the item. Yep. So it'll be split between the company and then the creators, the designers, and they'll be recognised designers within the application just so that, you know, everybody is getting their slice and everybody is, you know, getting the recognition deserved. Yes, absolutely. So it's kind of almost pricing that this into the that first point sales. So yeah, because there's been plenty of cases where somebody's put an NFT project out there, they you know, and they've sold things cheaply, but then it's got a caught fire, and you know they've resold for 
in some cases millions and then the original artist gets a big chunk of that based on the old system so to just poo-poo that away and that just yeah it seems not very good so we'll have to wait and see how that all plays out it'll be interesting to see what kind of backlash comes through from the nft creator community if any it might be one of those cases where you just gotta suck it up sally don't know have to wait and see all right next one i thought this was pretty funny um mcdonald's wants to bring grimace to the masses with free with a free nft drop grimace do kids even know about grimace do your kids know about grimace i don't think my kids would have a freaking clue what grimace is they do because mcdonald's just released a grimace shake right Uh, which brought up a lot of the the old mcdonald's character lore and stuff like mm. that and then it turned into a trend on tiktok so what everybody was doing was they would have the grimace shake and then like pretend to seize or they would stage some like apocalyptic chaotic event based around these grimace shakes right oh, of and it's they did. over them and it's all over the place and a lot of the time it looks like a murder scene it's it's fantastic yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, and my kids watch a lot of YouTube shorts, so they they were fully aware of Grimace and the Grimace shake, and so I I reckon the best the best move they could make would be introducing this in Roblox. Cool. All right. Well, that's interesting. I I just was going to poop it poo poo this away as something that I knew about Grimace because I'm old as dirt, and that was all the rage when I was a kid. But no, all <laughs> the, all the TikTokers are into it. So yeah, that's a whole different ball game if you're talking about that one. So. Was I say? Yeah, the fast food chain's iconic Grimace character, best known for his friendly and playful personality, has served as one of McDonald's signature characters for over fifty years. This summer, it debuted a limited time Grimace birthday meal, which included a vanilla berry flavored milkshake, which is must be what you're talking about. The Grimace milkshake. Well, it's got a hashtag in there, so you're right. Which went viral across social media. Two point nine billion views on TikTok. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. TikTok's right. the place to be. <laughs> Apparently so. Helped boost McDonald's Q2 sales over 10% in the US and almost 12% globally. Wow. It's no wonder they're following up on that. All right. So Grimace NFTs, what's this all about? The new initiative from McDonald's, according to the reports, brings Grimace into the current digital collectibles phenomenon giving customers a chance to own a piece of McDonald's history with Polygon-based NFTs that will afford access to exclusive treats in the future. Well, that's cool. Uh, Powered by crypto startup Bandwagon Labs and in collaboration with digital artist The Hidden Walls, the fast food chain will begin dropping a soul-bound token on the week of August 21st through the official McDonald's mobile app in Singapore. Oh, honey available in Singapore. Wow, wow, wow. The soulbound token also prevents the holder from selling it or transferring it upon its initial minting off Polygon. Interesting. You can't sell it, can't transfer it, probably can't burn it either. Um, For Singapore, having a global brand like McDonald's embrace NFT tech is another testament in the country's rapid innovation and technological advancements that has other countries trying to keep up with the Joneses, blah, blah, blah. So what can you actually do with it? Uh, it doesn't really say, but that's interesting that it says polygon-based NFTs that will afford access to exclusive treats in the future. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. So they'll probably develop like an NFT menu. Yeah, 
there was some burger place that did that. I think it was tied to the Board Ape Yacht Club or something like that. There was if if you were Board Ape Yacht Club, there were certain perks you get and this, that, and the other thing. So I guess that's where it's all headed. And if you're talking about that many views on TikTok, and yeah, it's as I said, it's no doubt they were chasing that that money for sure. I don't know how much 2.9 billion views on TikTok. TikTok. I can't even say the bloody <laughs> thing. That's how old I am. TikTok would generate, but I imagine that's you're talking about some bazinga dollars, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, if it boosted, what did it say? Boosted the company's revenue 12% globally. Yeah, that's a lot of money. So, all right. That's cool. I thought that was just going to be a weird one, but all right. You turn me around on that one. <laughs> right. Sony is an interesting one. Now, I've only pulled this up because um, we did see that Apple came out with their just it looked kick-ass their headset we know of course facebook meta's all over it with headsets and now sony is also in the mix with um, patents for their real world object replication in the metaverse now there was an aspect of this that i found interesting uh blah 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 this groundbreaking tech utilizes audio cues emitted by objects to understand their composition and digitally and then digitally re recreate them within the virtual realm this innovation holds numerous implications and benefits for users. So what does that actually mean? Well, by incorporating audio cues, users can experience enhanced immersion realism in the metaverse. For example, when a user interacts with a chair in the real world, the VR headset can recognize and replicate the chair's material by analyzing the audio signals it generates. So what, if I lean back on my squeaky chair, it's going to squeak in my headset? don't know. <laughs> This means that when users immerse themselves in the virtual realm, their physical surroundings are seamlessly integrated into the experience, preventing accidental collisions or damage to real-world objects. Yeah, so I'm not 100% sure on what all that means, but I think it's cool that they're at least diving into the space. So just a quick one. I, yep. I really like the, the sound of reducing um, potential injury or damage because uh, yeah, real world objects. Yeah, that did turn into a whole thing um, on social medias. You know, there's videos out there where people are running into walls or smacking each other out, and you know, Stepping like it's cat. almost like yeah, funniest home videos, but with VR. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that pans out. Add haptic suits to it, and who knows where that will go. I have to wait and see. <laughs> All right, what else we got? Uh, top 10 metaverse trends transforming the digital landscape. Now, I did have a quick look through these and pretty much agree with all of these. Um, just going to skip through this pretty quickly. Number one, NFTs and virtual ownership. Well, that's all about Upland, isn't it? Non-fungible tokens have become the focal point of the metaverse, allowing individuals to own and trade unique digital assets from virtual real estate, bada bing, bada boom, to digital art and collectibles. NFTs have opened up new possibilities for creators and collectors, blurring the lines between physical and digital ownership. Yes, 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 we know that. Virtual economies and digital goods. That sounds like Upland to me. Um, social metaverse again that sounds like upland this next one we're not quite there yet though ai enhanced experiences ai is becoming a cornerstone of the metaverse enhancing everything from virtual environments to personalized user experience ai driven avatars content creation tools and predictive algorithms are revolution revolutionizing the way we interact with the digital world well, i 
I would think that Upland at some stage is going to incorporate AI, especially when you're talking about onboarding new users and that sort of stuff. Imagine having something like ChatGPT or something of that realm um, tied in with Upland. Makes perfect sense to me. Imagine Miles popping up on your screen and, you know, introducing himself and running through the script and showing everybody how to do their missions and whatnot. Yeah. Um, If they they get their hands on uh, AI that focuses on automating um, and user experience and that sort of thing, then, yeah, it, it could go very, very far. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's if if it's not if it's not something that's on their radar, that would be that would be weird. Um, but it definitely seems like it is. So, next one: extended reality, the integration of augmented reality and virtual reality with the metaverse is creating immersive experiences that bridge the gap between the physical and digital realms. Um, I think the the X project that's tied up with a partnership with Upland. I mean, I don't know if you saw that thing that I shared on Twitter from. Lieutenant Dan, I believe, like that video that he put out of the stuff that they're doing with XR is just mind-blowing, like give you goosebumps sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's that's all coming as well. Um, decentralization and the blockchain. Yeah, well, Upland's on the blockchain. Decentralization, that's buzzword gets thrown around. There's not much about Upland that's decentralized yet. Um, pretty much all we've been given the keys to vote on is just quirky stuff that doesn't really mean much except for that big... Um, economy-based one, of course, but lately it's been just fluff or non-existent. So definitely looking to see that get expanded on for sure. Privacy and security, always a concern. Um, Somebody, it might have been Sir Ness, somebody tagged me through the week to mention that uh, I believe it was Dirk was having conversations about like if you die, being able to pass on your stuff to the loved ones and that. The other thing I would assume that's to do, that's tied in with privacy and security at some stage. Um, that needs to happen, as I said to who I was talking to. We've been talking about that. We've been requesting that for years and years and years and years. And Upland's been talking about it for a while. That just has to happen sooner rather than later. Um, it, many people's accounts are just getting to astronomical levels. If you get hit by the bus and nobody's got your password or any way to get access to it, that's a very big concern. Yeah, yeah. Um, I plan on writing, uh, well, I've got all of my phrases and passwords and different things put away in a encrypted secure folder and uh, that will go onto a USB drive and be attached to my will um, and I'll update that every time anything changes if necessary but yeah it would be nice to have a legacy setting like with facebook uh, where somebody can then take over your account uh could stay in your name with and remain your assets but at least they can maneuver them as needed yeah it has to happen sooner rather than later hopefully And, of course, the next one, number eight, virtual workspaces and remote collaboration. Um, We've got cafes dropping. That's still all yet to be fleshed out within Upland. Um, At present, it's still very clunky and restrictive, but as with anything new, they'll work it out. I mean, just look at the Tokyo City releases as an example. Um, 
gosh, that when you look back and think of what we went through with uh, the Brooklyn burn and even Oakland and a whole bunch of places, some of the earlier city releases, yeah. Um, mad props to the Upland team and I would assume all of these new things that they're collaborating on as well will get there eventually, the big E words. Uh, gaming Beyond Entertainment. Now, this is probably... This is probably the biggest one that they've got uh, pushed back on, and this is something that I kind of push back on as well. Um, I came into Upland as a game. I still think it's a game. I play it like a game, but it's obviously the economy associated with it means it's more than a game, blah, 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 blah. Upland is pretty much, it seems like they've pretty much pushed most of the gamification to layer two. Like they're going to focus on developing these partnerships that other people are then going to do. Um, I wish they'd do more layer one stuff themselves. They did talk about that in the very early white papers and stuff, you know, arcades and this, that, and the other thing. So we'll have to wait and see how that comes. But we do know that gaming is heavily on the way with layer two. Well, I think um, gaming beyond entertainment is very factual because how many people have created a business, yourself included, you know, so now it's beyond just gaming for enjoyment. Like you, you are building a business and potentially going to be able to reap those rewards in future. And there will be cross-platform brand expansion in the future as well. Hint, mm. hint. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, Samurai Aquatics will be one of the first. Um, uh, in-game designers or user-generated content designers for my Moxie galleries. And then, you know, if we can – well, that's what I personally plan on doing, but yep. I do believe that once other platforms realise that this can very much be a thing, cross-branding on game platforms, um, it could very well take off. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess we're still yet to see, too, the um, the transportation mechanics kick in. There's going to be a lot of gamification elements associated with that. Like, that's, that's another one of the things that I was just completely burnt out on. I had to move, shit, I think it was like 300 items of decor one at a time individually. The game keeps crashing. That was just drove me bananas. And the, the actual, I was looking at the factory in um, San Francisco, San Francisco the other night actually I'm looking at it and it's like it's stacking up there again I'm like oh I can't let it get to this bad again so yeah I can't wait for the transportation mechanics to come in I I think um, there's a whole bunch of people that have set up like transportation you know companies basically they own a whole bunch of semi trucks and this that and the other thing so they've got their fleet the fleet that was the word I was looking for yeah thanks yeah um I can't wait to see that. I'd much rather just be able to budget that into the economy of it all and just set that up as its own thing. Um, as Morchi said relentlessly to me, be careful what you wish for though, because it might be just as <laughs> it might be just as time consuming. So we'll have to wait and see. And the last one, education and training revolution. The metaverse holds incredible potential for education and training. Immersive and interactive learning experiences can be tailored to individuals transcending geographical limitations and providing innovative solutions for lifetime learning. Yeah, I did my, all of my postgraduate degrees, I did all basically online. So this is just the next evolution of that. Um, not having to physically go to school to still get the same education. 
seems pretty good to me. And COVID really helped with driving a lot of our schools and everything online as well. Yeah, it's touchy, isn't it? I mean, for your younger kids, there's nothing like the social interaction they get at school. There's no, there's no comparison. But then who knows how immersive these online environments are going to get. Like perhaps your kids are the same as mine. There's at, at least two of them. As soon as they get home from school, all they want to do is jack into Roblox and play with their friends yep. and they've got headsets on talking yep. to their friends. So. Yep. Yeah, so, I can relate. <laughs> so what we might seem as weird, it's just second nature to them. So, yeah, don't know. Have to wait and see how that all pans out. All right, this is good. I don't, I don't feel like I'm in a mad panic to get this done before I have to go to work. So we can just cruise on. Ah, oh, so that's the end of the UGC. Why did I say UGC? That's the end of the Web three, sorry, kind of content. Now I thought it'd be a bit of fun because we're trying to get this show out there to support the Australian, New Zealand, Japan, whoever's in this area, you know, the community. But you know, we will have listeners and viewers from different areas of the world. So how about we touch on some in real life news? What's making the news? around the ground. So I just thought I'd pull up the national news headlines. So we've got the national news headlines here in Australia. Let's see what they are. Suspicious detail sparks fury at bathroom. Aussies who frequent a public change room near a popular beach have raised concerns over a suspiciously located surveillance camera. Ooh la la. That's making the top news headlines. Um, what else? Oh, <laughs> did you see? Mushroom chef leaves furious note. This lady has apparently poisoned her whole family, except for her own kids. That was a whole interesting yep. thing to play out. It was actually her in-laws. Killed her ex-husband and <laughs> his parents, but it's just a pure accident. Like, oh, mama. But it's not. They, they ran a newsletter in their little town, which was all based on mushrooms and foraging and like really apparently mm. she bought them months before because like it wasn't the season for them and <sighs> they found a dehydrator in the trash bin a couple of blocks away from her. <laughs> yeah it doesn't doesn't sound real good uh there lady <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see shouldn't laugh but yeah wow what else Louis is making me all the X's are X'd. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, yeah. What else is making news? Customer rages at $22 eggs Benedict. <laughs> A Melbourne customer has raged over the measly portions and mind-boggling price tag of their breakfast, accusing the cafe of shrinkflation. That's that's rife. I've never heard of that word shrinkflation, but that is perfectly describes what's going on at the moment. Canned goods, the cans are getting smaller, packages are getting smaller, and the prices are going up. Interesting. Or the packages are staying the same size, but the amounts inside, the weights ah, are getting smaller. Like That's Pringles. That's what they're doing as well. Yeah, Pringles yeah, is yeah. the classic example. The chips got way smaller, eh? The, the chip bags and that sort of thing, but they're doing it with cereals, pasta packets, whatever they can essentially, yeah, if, if they can keep, the packaging the same size and yes. reduce the amount inside, then yep. they're cheering. Yes. <laughs> shrinkflation. Well, I've got a new word to add to my limited vocabulary, shrinkflation. Uh, the water's cold and I've got shrinkflation. All right, national news in <laughs> New Zealand. Let's see what's happening over the pond in Kiwiland. 
Never wants to load. Let me just front load this. What are you up to, Kiwis? Let's have a look. Uh, Hillock to be demolished near Wellington Airport. Hillock. Mountains, or more correctly, a hillock moved at Wellington Airport, Wellington Airport to free up land for the airport to expand. They're moving a mountain. Good on you, New Zealand. Don't do things by halves. What else? <laughs> Rules step closer for property managers. Incident at Ministry of Pacific People leaves staff rattled. Police called in. Two men entered the Ministry of Pacific Peoples on Thursday morning, harassing staff with questions about how much they and the ministry are spending. Show us the receipts. Yes. Shock loss, shock loss for cheese industry and the uh, Manawati community. Woman who threatened to blow up a plane back in court. Oh, my gosh. Kiwis. Crips gang member ordered a hit after drug house robbery. Two injured incidents caused delays on Auckland's motorway. Um, Ruaka woman accused of murdering two children. Oh, that's not cool. Allegations of indecent touching by sports fan. Oh, my gosh, Kiwis. You're all over the place. And last but not least, let's see what's, <laughs> yeah. let's see what's happening in Japan. Major headline, Japan researchers creating guidelines for animal-human transplants. Ooh. The Japanese research team said Thursday it has begun drafting guidelines to facilitate the xenotransportation of genetically modified animal organs to humans. Oh, that must mean oh, yeah, pig to human transportation of kidneys, hearts, gain traction. Oh, look at Japan news being all cool. All the train services disrupted again after holiday chaos. Yes. What was it? Was it golden week? One of those weeks? Um, we never traveled anywhere during those because it's, it's just, if you think Japan's busy, imagine what it's like when everybody's on holidays. It's just absolute chaos. Mother's group fears Fukushima water release could revive health concerns. You think? Japan to give Hawaii 2 million aid in as wildfire death toll tops 100. July foreign visitors to, to Japan reaches 2.3 million, 78% of pre-pandemic level. Wow. Yes. Um, I imagine the old Upland release. I believe it was Hawaiian Fish in the NBA server said that he he's going to get all inspired now to go and visit Japan. Now that he's bought his properties, he's going to take the kids over there and see what properties he actually owns. So that's kind of cool. I'd love to go. Yeah, it's definitely a fun place. That's uh, that's one of those things. I'd been there for holidays before, had a ball. Uh, when you live there and got to deal with the bureaucracy, it's a different kettle of fish. But, yeah, it's just however awesome you think it's going to be, however crazy you think it's going to be, however beautiful or whatever, it's that times 10 would be my kind of general ball game or suggestion. So, yes, definitely a lot of fun. All right, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll keep that segment at – We'll see how we go. Something different. Mix it up a little bit. Uh, one of our old segments. Yeah, I mean, why not, eh? If you're somebody who's in the Zoom or you're going to be a part of the community and you're from a different area of the world, let us know. We might be able to patch that in as well. So, I don't know. There might be New Caledonians or who knows. Uh, this week's Quips, uh, same as the UDU podcast, uh, Quips stands for Questions, Insights, Provocation, Statements. If at any stage you have some upland quips or anything you want to touch on that we could dive in on in this podcast let me know what they are via a discord dm i have changed that up from the google form because the old google form is UDU podcast form i will get a new one up ready for the next recording hopefully 
Um, and of course, if your submission is used in a show, you'll win yourself some kind of prize. So this week, Caesar, long-term supporter of the show, asks, is it possible that the earnings will not be reduced anytime soon? Meaning the Upland dividend earnings, he goes on to say, I mean, Upland could reduce the yield and keep the new T1 Tier 1 cities minting prices the same as before. But as we see, the 14% is still there, although minting prices are much bigger. Will it be the new trend from now on? So, so you said you you weren't really chasing dividends, but it's kind of something you're thinking about. It's something I know I should do um, in order to maximise my account potential. Yeah. But I still very much play it as a game. Yeah. Um, the only difference for me is instead of putting, you know, all my money on packs on Candy Crush or these mm. other mobile games, I'm, or even on Fortnite, you know, buying skins that I get to wear once in a blue moon when I feel like playing it, it it's going into something that I'm active in generally, like daily. So yeah. it's... Yeah, I know I should be working towards dividends, but a lot of the time if I see a nice house for a nice price in a decent area, I'm likely going to grab it and because it's pretty, I'll hold it. Uh, Lily just said that she tracks hers, but she doesn't focus on it and she's at 13% of property mint. Nice. All right, so yeah, that's a that's a smart play that a lot of people can do nowadays. Is if you are heavily focused on dividends, you can just go along and gobble up all the undermints, and you get a you get a killer rate there. You know, some of these properties are selling for 30 percent of the um of the mint price. So yeah, no, if you can play that game, that's that's definitely in your favor. I know if you go to Apex Land and you look at people's um accounts, it's got the graphs. You know the whatever the two prices are, the mint price and the net worth. And I know my graph is the two lines are very heavily separated because I spent so much Upex buying up secondary market in places like Midtown Terrace and whatnot. But there's plenty of people where theirs are flipped. So if, if you can get hold of that, good on you. Now, oh. Caesar's question was, do we think that the the yield is going to reduce anytime soon? Hmm. Well, it has been quite a while. It would not surprise me well, to see it drop this year. Yeah, yeah. I reckon there'll be at least one or two each year until they've reduced it to a level they're happy with. Yeah. And I can see Lily's followed up there and say say that she buys LA often under mint, but only the ones she likes in areas that she likes. But then, she, yeah, you also pay five times for something that you just want in a different area, which kind of, you know, balances it out i guess <laughs> yeah i as i said i would not be surprised to see the dividend uh, dividend rate drop i what do you think where did we go we were at 17.3% when we started and it's down to 14 point something isn't it i would expect if we have another drop it might take us to the 12 maybe something like that well, i actually oh. i actually know sorry sorry finish your thought we just need another layer two to bring in extra house utility, bring in a rental system. I mean, how mind-blowing it is it that there, there isn't a layer one rental system or a layer one kickback for putting a building up or something like that? So 
Yeah, that drives me bananas. That, but I actually know exactly when the dividend rate's going to drop. I know exactly the dividend rate is going to drop as soon as my um, dividends tick over two million upex again. <laughs> so that's what happened last time. I'd I'd been grinding like a fiend for years, and finally kicked over the two million, and it was literally within days that. She got X and I was way back down again. So, yeah, there you go. Hit it here first. And I'm getting close. Well, you've, so. you've said it. You'll manifest it now. <laughs> yeah. As I said, I would not be surprised at all to see it happen. And I, like I said, I'm getting close. It depends. Of course, it depends how collection reveal goes for Tokyo. Um, I do have a little bit of a budget there as well. Um, if there are still some unminted uh, nice collections, then, yeah, I'll probably – I'll probably jump in and gobble those up as well. Although I'm trying to be good and not spend it all, but we'll have to wait and see. So, yes. Um, it was interesting, his point, though. Like, do we think that that's going to be pushed back because because the mint prices are getting much bigger? Is it going to be pushed back? But I think that the mint price is getting bigger kind of counterintuitive to that because if the mint prices are bigger, then people are getting more dividends. I don't know. Tricky one. Have to wait and see. What are you, what are your thoughts? If you're listening or watching, get on in the comments and drop a thing. What do you think it's going to be? Are we dropping? If we are dropping, when do you think it's going to happen? And what do you think we're going to drop to? With we dropped three percent last time. I don't think we'd go another three, but who knows? Who knows? I kind of think three is probably a nice round even number, and that's why they chose it. Yeah. And to drop it three each time, like that's hefty for us and them in opposite mm. ends of the scale. So, yeah, I and it, it's only going to take like four or five drops to be able to bring it down to a level where they might be like, okay, that's what you get to keep. Yeah, yeah. Have to wait and see. I expect there's going to be plenty of teeth sucking in my future, put it that way. So, wait and see. All right. Cheers for that, Caesar. Um, for sending that through, you've got yourself 5,000 UPEX after fees. I'll note that down and send that through to you, uh, which will be help to get your budget back after Tokyo if you went in. All right, a few other last things to touch on, UDU and MBA team news. The UDU and MVE servers are now officially closed and they both have the we have moved to MBA signs up. Uh, the last step to go is doing similar to close down the Samurai Aquatic server. That's a bit tricky, though. That's going to take a bit longer because there's a lot of a lot of our established links and advertising around the place is all linked to that server. Um, even um, within the the showrooms, the meta ventures, there's a link there to the server. I I haven't actually reached out and asked them to change that yet, but I imagine that's not something that's going to get done, you know, with any sort of haste. So that'll be the closing down the Samurai Aquatics will be a much more gradual, uh, gradual thing. Uh, but there's a lot of the Samurai Aquatics server that we'll keep on the back end for all the management stuff that we do. So it'll just be the forward-facing stuff that gets pushed to the MBA. Um, and of course, if you are in the MBA server, you would have seen that there was some, and you you are in the UDU as well. You would have seen that some big updates came come in through the week from both More Cheese and Screw in regards to the Bronxdale and Century Heights nodes, respectively. Uh, make sure that you check those out and see how you can support their efforts if you are in the UDU and involved in those nodes. 
Um, what else happened? Oh, the NBA server competition wheel that was ticked over from the last UDU podcast that wasn't run because of my little baby hissy fit um, burnout. So that was in the, oh, how's this? I just, this just tweaked, tweaked to me. How's this for a deadly omen? So last week's challenge was in the contest channel in the NBA server, tell us your best burnt story. Could be sunburnt, like cooking burnt or emotionally burnt. The choice is yours. The prize is going to be 10,000 up X clear after fees. That was won by Kachow. And uh, the Wheel of Names recording is in the NBA server. If you want to check that out and while you're there, check out his story of getting burnt. But how's that? We didn't do the wheel live because I was burnt out. <laughs> there you go. And um, Angry Ursia also took out the other Blue Thumbs gaming challenge through the week, claiming 20,000 Apex just before the Tokyo release, just by playing one of my old rage-inducing Game Jam games. So good on you, Angry Ursia. Thanks for having a go at some of them and walked away with 30,000 Apex all up, I believe. So good on you. All right, if you've managed to hang around this long, good on you and pat yourself on the back. This week's challenge in the contest channel in the NBA server, drop your Tokyo City release experience story. Of course, if you sat it out, you can still take part. Just say why you skipped it. Uh, the prize will probably be 5,000 up X clear after fees again. And that pretty much brings us to the end of the show. Now, what we might do... We do. I and I was. I was fully expecting just to be rambling on myself here, all by myself. So thank you to those who jumped in. Um, and I would just say, let me go back here. Bullerman said, I think we're going to twelve percent win maybe this year. Yeah, I think you're right too. Um, Zoe, you're probably predicting another three, so you'd be down to eleven percent. Hmm. Have to wait and see. Now I will. I'm going to. Give another 5,000 away, all right? It's not much, but, you know, I'm trying to recover from... I'm trying to recover from um, Tokyo myself, especially, as I said, that the FOMO dragon got me. Um, let me close that down. Now, who did we I, have in? We had, sorry, Zoe, what were you going to say? I wound up with, I think it was uh, 5K. Yep. Um, <laughs> after, oh, after left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Lily said she wound up with 800 Upex. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that can be a trap too because he's stuck in the city. You can't get out. Yes. So who we have? Cerness was in for a while too, wasn't he? So we had Zoe, Lily, yep. Cerness, and Bula Man. All right. So let's see. Um, and like I said, thank you very much for those that have jumped in on the first one. We'll just keep grinding away and try to build up our little community here. So that first 5,000 was for Caesar. And look at that, Lil. Yay! I should add Congrats. another. I think I spelt your name wrong, didn't I? So I should probably add more on there. Naughty me. That'll get her out of the city. <laughs> <laughs> it will. Yes. Sorry. Yes. All right. I'll get that out to you as soon as we get done recording. And that wraps us up for the first one. So, yeah, if, if you're in the Australian, New Zealand, Japan, or any other time zone that fits in with a recording schedule of starting at or around the 7 p.m. AEST, we started this one this week at 7.30 just because it's Friday night and had a few other things going on. As I said, this is probably not going to be the night. Well, it's definitely not going to be a Friday night that we do this show moving forward because Friday nights are important. So 
Um, keep your eyes and ears out in the NBA server to find out when it does go. Um, it's kind of a tricky thing. I'd like to push it earlier than 7 p.m. to kind of be able to cover Perth and those time zones, but if you push too far, then it gets into juggling kids and dinner time. So I would assume that 7 would be the absolute earliest. We'll just have to wait and see, see what day it gets dropped on. Uh, so, yeah, and the link to the weekly Zoom will always be dropped in the NBA server about 15 minutes before the show starts. And, um, yeah, jump in there to keep up to date with how things all play out. And don't forget, of course, to keep your eyes and ears out for more Cheese's new show. Um, I assume she's going to be working on that like crazy and get that out at some stage as well. So keep your eyes and ears out for that one. And pretty much just that's it. Thanks, everyone, for jumping in. And we shall catch you next week if I can find the end button. There it is. Later. Are you looking for some of that quality outdoor decor? But you got no freaking idea where to go? Well, come on over to Samurai Aquatics and Decor for all your outdoor decor needs. Got yourself an empty plot of boring virtual real estate in the metaverse, do ya? Delete that. I'm still not ready. Sorry. Get yourself an empty plot of boring virtual real estate in the metaverse, do you? Or maybe some kind of crappy ramshackle building that, I don't know, needs a bit of extra spunk to it or something. And stop mucking about and get yourself over to Samurai Aquatics Discord to see all our available stock. We've got loads of different decor to spend your pretend money on. We've got saunas to fire you up and ice baths to chew you the fudge out. Literally stock coming out of our ears. Grills, swings, seating and more. So much more. And if we don't got it, give us a buzz and we could probably make it. Get yourself on over to Samurai Aquatics at 30 Aqua Vista Way in Midtown Terrace, San Francisco, Liggety Split and gorge yourself on outdoor decor.